Welcome back to another episode of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I am Mike. I am Anthony. And I am Grizz. And we are here the first week of May with a wonderful anthology. I mean, can I can I get right into it or do, or do you want to say what's up first? Oh, yeah. wait. Actually, first of all, first, uh, we want to thank Tim Ritter and Ron yeah. Bonk. Huge thanks. Uh, Friday. Thanks for everybody that came through. Uh, it was a great time. Very informative. Yeah. A lot of things I didn't know. Uh, a lot of things that you probably won't find on the internet either. Right? Yeah. No, definitely not. And all the facts so, that I studied like before that, before we were on with him, it just like he also put to bed a lot of things that like I heard in other interviews, like our people reviewing the movie about like yeah, yes, about him. He said there was something about it being his first Super Eight like movie to learn how to film and one of the first things he says like oh I did another film before this with the camera yeah, I'm just, yeah, I didn't well, know that either and I want to see that movie now I gotta yeah. talk to him about that well he said it was some sort of uh, like student film right yeah. yeah 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 well we'll we'll see what's up I talked to him uh, Saturday and he said that he had a great time he absolutely loved doing it um, he said it was better than he expected as well. So I'm hoping that in the near future uh, we can make that happen again. So yeah, we still want to do Truth or Dare and all oh, shit yeah. like that, right? I hell mean, yeah! I've been like a watching spree of all those <laughs> movies this weekend now. So. Killing spree, hell yeah! But this week we are taking a trip out of the shot on video world, going back into the 16 millimeter land. Uh, we watched. The 1987 horror anthology, Chillers, right? I love this, too. Such a good one. Not not to be confused with Chiller, yeah. right? Wes Craven Isn't that a movie? movie? Yeah, Wes Craven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe there's also his graphic novel that's Chillers, but I think there's like another one. It might be Bone Chillers I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I didn't realize that uh, Daniel Boyd turned this movie into like a full-blown novel after the movie was made. He had wrote just the movie as these shorts, and then he he liked it so much that he turned it into like a, a whole novel with a many different stories that are like these. Yeah, in like 2012 though. <laughs> I wish I read books because it's probably cool as fuck. <laughs> oh, don't you don't you never admit that, man. <laughs> it's something you never tell anybody. If you, can't, if you don't know that by, uh, by now about me, then you know you have a not a very keen perception of people. <laughs> so as was said, this was written and directed by Daniel Boyd. And he really doesn't have that many directorial credits, right? There was only a handful, maybe like five or six movies. Uh, nothing too outrageous that we would know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is a, a one and done, really, for him. Uh, this was a Radon release, which we always talk about Radon. They put a lot of weird shit out, a lot of good stuff, a lot of low-budget things. 
This was shot on 16 millimeter. You said how much was the budget? I guess the budget was estimated to be around two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which which makes sense for yeah for what I see in this movie. Yeah, this doesn't look uh, it doesn't look bad. Like Not it doesn't quite look shot on video, but you could tell that it was definitely shot on something other than 35 millimeter. That's yeah, for that sure. Quite as professional. The, the the biggest thing I can also see is that they definitely skimped on the music budget. Even though there were a couple good couple. songs and a couple, you know, a couple good pieces, majority of it was pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> not not gonna lie. You don't like the theme? No, well, the I intro thought the theme, theme was great. okay. Yeah, 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 there was a couple of good ones, but it was mostly uh, stuff that I couldn't take listening yeah, to. Yeah, it could have really uh, benefited from a great classic 80s, like, you know, heavy synth-style horror theme track to go along with the whole movie yeah. and stuff. Which there was a little of that. A it little. wasn't they completely it. devoid of it. But this was filmed in... What was it? Uh, Kanawha State Forest yeah, and West, West Virginia. Virginia State University. Obviously, yeah, West Virginia. He's a you teacher. You can tell by how everybody talks. That dude, yeah. like, Boyd was a teacher, I guess. So I guess, like, he probably had connections with the school, and that's probably why he got to film there and shit. Yeah, and you could see also that most of the actors and actresses in this movie, it's their only credit. It's yeah. the it's the only thing that they did. The old really, no, nope. like you said. Yeah, no, nobody in this movie really went to do anything, right? I didn't look too deep into it. The first couple people I looked up that were main characters in the yeah, film, this nothing. was their only credit. So I yeah. figured that was it. And it really was. I took the time to look, and there was <laughs> it was a complete waste of fucking time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I said last week, this is almost like an adult Goosebumps film. Yeah, that's a good right? way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So yeah. there is gore in this, right? There's shit that's kind of like fucked up, but it's not completely over the top like something you're watching like, you know, Dead Alive or like the throat slits from uh, The Abomination, things like that. <laughs> it's, but like there is some graphic shit in this film. So it is like an adult. Yeah. Are you afraid of the dark? That's and you'll what I was see the say. way that like, yeah, I was gonna yeah say the that. way that the, the stories are like panned out, like. Yeah. The beginning, the middle, the end, the way yeah. that they end, the way that they segue into each other, even the whole, like, oh, these people sitting in this bus terminal, like, telling spooky stories yeah. in the middle of the night and, like, during a storm. Yeah. It's, it's very, gives off a similar vibe. Yeah, in the, my and, notes, that's what I wrote. I wrote, the producers of Are You Afraid of the Dark and Friday the 13th, the TV series, both saw this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, went to yeah, it, it it really the when I was that was the first note the first note I wrote was that actor looks like Dan Severin and then the second note was was <laughs> was this is Are You Afraid of the Dark but violent. <laughs> yeah. I like that the comparison the made though because I also think that Brian Peck probably like uh, saw this and ripped it off a little bit when he made the Willies because I got such the Willies vibe. When I was watching this movie again, like, because I love the Willies, I love anthologies in general, and yeah. this feels just like that movie. What other anthologies does this feel like to you? I feel like it has a similar vibe to a couple films. It reminds so, me of obviously Escapes. The, 
on which is a prism anthology with uh, Vincent Price as like a narrator of the stories and stuff like that. Oh, I've, I've never seen, seen that. that. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Uh, it, it reminds me of those stories that are in that when there's five stories in that which is I think there's what there's yeah. five in this one also or there's four good ones in this one if I'm, I don't know there's a, there's there's a bunch a, of them there's, yeah, I've yeah there's actually that. you know compared to things like Creepshow which I do love that's the classic uh, things, right there that's like the godfather yeah, yeah, of things like yeah. Tales, Tales from the Dark Side right that was another like big one yeah the only comparison to were, Creepshow is that it's just an anthology like I just feel like it's like it's like, the, as you just said, it's like the mecca of like horror anthologies that everyone loves. So, the one that this really feels like to me, Terrorize. Yeah. Uh, 100% really feels like that one. I was going to ask about that because it's one that I've been trying to get my hands on and uh, you keep recommending it and you keep saying that was an anthology. So, and I, I love anthologies, like I said, so I've been trying to track it down. Uh, this is comparable to that. You feel like it's the same... Uh, same vibe. Yeah, Terror Terrorize came out in 1989, so it was relatively around the same time. Yeah, it feels sure. the same. The lighting is very similar, yeah. where they do the dramatic blue, the dramatic red. Uh, it's even the way they're around like a campfire, telling stories and trying to come up with like a scary movie script. All this shit. It's cool. It's cool. And like the whole thing where the guy that's, you know, in charge is it, there's more. You know, to him than what seems yeah, yeah. Uh, that's another good one I feel like I just watched another anthology Terrifying Tales uh, platinum video released I think there was another release of that too but that was another really good anthology movie that this kind of has that same vibe that was later in things? the 90s though Things, the things, the things. That's yeah. a that's an anthology. What about Tales from the Quad Dead Zone? <laughs> Dude, I, like, I can't even believe you bring that shit up. It's Why? like the that's Why, like man? Why? I don't know. I just because it just has such a a mystique to it, if you would, in the VHS community of being like one of the rarest tapes or whatever. I've never even spent the time to look up the movie and to see if it was any good because I figured you never you never watched it. No, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is like a shit movie, but it's so worth watching. Really? Man. It's, it's that so kinda... bad that it's good. All right. Dude, the music in it is like you'll laugh your ass off. I was trying to lie to myself, fucking... being like, I would never want to own that. But I guess apparently I would want to no, own No, no, no. Dude, it's definitely worth tracking down Great. and definitely worth watching. Uh, is is the Burning Moon considered an, an anthology? Yeah, that's totally an anthology. Three tales. I think if it's more than two tales, I mean that's an anthology, right? Yeah, <laughs> dude. Well, well, that's like two in a wraparound and like a heavy wraparound. That should count. No, Burning Moon is a fucking anthology, and it's the best <laughs> okay. anthology of all time. If I'm gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if we really sat down and like thought about this, we could come up with even more. Because I know that we're we're definitely missing some. Because there's like new ones like Trick or Treat, right? Yeah. Uh, the original Tales from the Crypt, things like that. My Sweet Satan, uh, Jim Van Bieber. There's a is that there's that's an anthology. An anthology? Yeah, it's got three what about, different uh, stories on it. What about an anthology film that we did on the podcast, Tales from the Hood? I, oh, I wasn't around that. for that one, so I, I don't remember Dude, it, but I can only you, imagine what? Oh, only man, imagine how great that. that must have been. Dude, you have to rewatch that movie. Yeah. Seriously, for real. I have it. Like, I can easily throw it in. Dude, watch it in, tw in the year 2020. That shit's just as real. <laughs> it was it was surprisingly like 
It wasn't like the rewatch wasn't great, but like I rewatched like, oh, this is an anthology. That was the first thing I like. I remember seeing that movie once a long time ago that we did it. I'm like, I forgot this is an anthology movie series. <laughs> I'm like, isn't Andy Murphy in this movie? <laughs> I was like, that was <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and that, well, that year that, that was there was so many like hip hop horror movies that that and what, didn't we count them? All that like the like the yeah. hip hop influenced horror movies were like all ninety four, ninety five. Like Snoop Dogg and Bones. Like all of them. Oh man. Well that was slightly after. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so uh we've spoken about a good chunk of uh anthology films. We have one that we're gonna do right now, which is incredibly good and incredibly underrated, and I'm surprised more people haven't seen this. Uh, let's hit the trailer and we'll get into it, all right? Emerging from the twilight, out of the crypt. Why is this happening? And from beyond the dark side, there is Chillers. People traveling by bus must fight for their lives when demons hidden beneath their psyches suddenly come alive to hunt. About wherever you are. To haunt. And to horrify. Chillers. Brilliantly directed by Daniel Boyd. Chillers is a film you can really sink your teeth into. With suspense that will keep you hanging. Gonna have a hard time driving that vehicle with no internal organs. We're trying to find out who or what ripped that kid's head Morning, Mason. Breakfast. Chillers. A new movie from Troma. Evil travels in many forms, even by bus. Chillers is the recipient of the prestigious Silver Scroll Award from the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. I totally forgot that this was a Troma film. I was about to say that. Because they did like a re-release. Yeah, I don't think, I think it's just that though. I don't think, like I think Troma just picked it up after it was already made and like helped push it. I don't think uh, Troma put any money into making this film. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cause there's cause, actually cause... like a music video that was made that was to help sell this yep. film. You can actually find it on no YouTube. Way. I watched yeah, they it. They did a music video and shit that has this in it and everything that they made specifically to camp this out to production companies to be like, Hey, you should fucking sell our movie. Are you serious? What's yeah. the song? I don't know the new song off the top of my head. I just saw that today when I was looking for Me stuff, too. The music video. Is it- is it like a like a metal song or something? No, it's like, like one of the songs of? from the 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 movie. So, uh, oh, 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 so you know how good shit. that's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a couple releases of this, right? There's the Radon, which I guess is the original. Correct. Then there's one more that looks very similar, but it's not a Radon, right? And then there's a Trauma sure. one. See, I know about the trauma one. I don't know about the middle one that you're talking about, but I'm gonna. I, I know our you. dude. I just don't know about it. I know. I know our dudes over at Fright Vision have a copy of this, and I believe it's the non-radon with the same cover. Cool. I wonder who put that out. Yeah, I'm interested it, to ask them that. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it might be on. Go go on their Instagram. It might be on there. Uh, Grizz, 
why don't you give us a synopsis right. to this masterpiece? Because I feel like it might be a little hard because there's a lot in it. I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't want to get... Okay, because last week you did a really clever thing. We were like, I just want to make this like, you know, if you would see it in TV guide... Something yeah. that would really grab you and sell you quick kind of a thing. Not a summary, more of a, a synopsis. Yeah, you know so what I mean? Like a, I, a smaller, this is what I came up with for this week. I guess it's the same thing. <laughs> a group of weary travelers share their dreams while waiting for a bus. Little do they know their nightmare has just begun. Oh, Did you write that? Good. That was really good. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's, Anthony. Do you want to try, or or you're yes. not? You're yes. not in yeah, on I this. Got, I got, I got one. Uh, Sandra We're Bullock electrocute you. <laughs> what do you mean if electrocute me? If it's not. If it's not over a, a two, we're gonna electrocute you through over, the computer. Over a two. Okay. okay. So so Sandra Bullock drives the bus when the bus driver gets pull, pulled Get off for being shot. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 it's only bus movie right, to think about. I'm sorry. You gotta up the voltage. Uh, for some right yeah, reason, I, I, Cameron Fry's there. I don't know. <laughs> there's not many bus films uh, out there. That bus terror is not really a thing, right? Bus terror. Well, I, are you saying there's yeah. a market for more bus terror besides speed? Even speed. I don't think so, man. Even speed too. What we can we could get away from the bus now. <laughs> you know, we talked about a funny thing with Tim the other night that was interesting. Was that the whole fucking fireman thing that hasn't been done? There's like really yeah. no horror movie that is like fireman based, evil fireman or whatever it is, revenge fireman. Where the fuck are those movies? I would love to see that. Yeah, well, if you can think of one, let us know. Let's make. There's got to be one out there. Oh, there's this one. Backdraft. Well, we could do. No, <laughs> no. It, we want an evil fireman. We want an evil fireman. Hell yeah! There's, there's, there's definitely style. one, dude. There's definitely one where the like there's a fireman that's like a fucking fireman that's a like a pyro or something like that. There's that's, definitely something like that. That's how there. I visioned it being like he's obsessed with fire and shit like that. So if you know the movie, hit us up on our Instagram. Let us know because we would love to watch it. And maybe we're just not thinking of it, and it's an obvious thing. Okay, so I gotta come up with one right now on the spot. Let's see. A group of travelers with shared nightmares. Oh man, a group of travelers with shared nightmares travel to something even worse than dreamland. <laughs> oh, that's a good play on uh, Nightmare and Elm Street to dreamland. That one, that one was kind of hard for me. I, I came with the flares, so it's hard to it's it's hard to follow up uh, follow up perfection, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you credit yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It's because you're so you're so wonderful. I'm gonna hit some of the theme music from this that has a wonderful title card and it's wonderfully long. Uh, wonderful. Let me let me hit that. Very tribal. You nailed it with like the guar thing last week too. See, this is your heavy synth. I like this part. This is the best music of the movie. You think so? Oh, for sure. <laughs> There's one more piece of music that's better than this. That's better than and this. And it could very, it could very well be the same song, but uh, we'll see. It. I have it in, I have it queued up for later. For when we get to the end but this is like a three and a half minute long uh title card sequence with credits and all that shit i was surprised that this music really just loops over and over and over and over again yeah. 
right? Like usually they cut it pretty quick, but this is this is awesome right here. And I love the uh, the logo, the font and stuff is great. It's like bones with like furry meat and stuff still attached to part of the letters and stuff. You had mentioned that it looked like a Guar album logo, and it it completely does look like that. I would yeah, have it off from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we see a bus pulling up to a bus terminal and it's raining and we have that heavy blue light. And then the bus pulls away and you see a neon light in the back and it's red. This is very like Suspiria yeah. of them. Right? I feel like even the lighting throughout the whole movie, they do the same thing. It's not as over the top as something like uh like terrorizes where it looks super neon, like almost you know, it makes it look like a dream world of some sort, which this, you know, kind of is, but it's a little bit more subdued, a little bit more yeah. like Suspiria. But we see these people come off the bus and they go into the terminal and they find out that they miss their connection and there's not another one till 6 a.m. And the guy behind the counter is kind of a douchebag, right? He's oh, kind of yeah. sarcastic. <laughs> looks like J.R. Bookwalter also. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing you're going to notice is that there's somebody asleep on one of the benches right underneath some newspapers and they even make a joke like oh like yeah the, how long has that guy you know how long have you been there oh you know we haven't been here that long at least not as long as that guy yeah, and they away. just see yeah there's just some dude snoozing away and uh, we see that they're all kind of upset that like oh you know we we had no control over missing this bus you know our connecting bus was late this is bullshit and they have nothing they have nowhere to go there's no hotels there's no restaurants there's nothing and it's They're like a completely here. ragtag misfit group of people who have they don't know each other at all uh it's like the weirdest group of people you could really imagine yeah and there's one girl and she's kind of half asleep and you can see she's dozing off and it's kind of funny that the guy that Anthony said looked like Dan Severn. Yeah, right. Uh, WWE Hall of... Is he a Hall of Famer? No, right? No, nah, well, he, he was... No, no. Don't give him that much credit. WWE... Uh, what else was he in? He'll probably was be he in actually, it one day. <laughs> was he actually fighting in the UFC? Was it called the UFC? Yeah, yeah right? he UFC was in the four? UFC and then he went to WWE, then he went back and then, then now he just Dan Severn. He still oh, yeah. wrestles well, every once. He still wrestles every once in a while. He does um, he Josh Burnett's Bloodsport. Yeah, he, Josh Burnett does Damn. a thing called Bloodsport every year, and I think he did it one year recently, like twenty eighteen. Cool. Mox, I think it was Moxley so, versus Severin. I think I could be wrong. That's pretty. Awesome. I'm gonna look into that. Oh no, it's so, Burnett. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so she's falling asleep, and the Dan Severin guy is kind of a dick. Poor thing. Must be exhausted. Poor thing. She's lucky she can sleep. And now this is how they transfer the scene into the dream world. Ooh. And it like zoom yeah, it zooms into her face. And now we see like an Are You Afraid of the Dark uh intro scene where there's all kids in a pool and we get this shitty music. <laughs> So, to me, this feels like it's like early 90s music, right? Yeah. This is cutting but, edge, dude. 
Oh my god, dude. They were play they played this for so long, I was like, please, just fucking kill me. All the pool scenes was were very yeah. long. Oh my god. It's not even like a good pool scene, like in Trick or Treat. No. Where it like looks believable. You know what I mean? Where it's like all these kids hanging out. It looks like a fuck. It's like barely lit. This is just like in the middle of the day. Some college. YMCA uh, looking fucking pool. <laughs> I was first confused. I was like, is she in high school? And then they like bring up the fact that like, oh, I should have graduated and like varsity. All this shit. I don't know. They eventually say that it's a college, but it's pretty funny. And we see this girl doing the backstroke, right? She's in the swimming lanes. And she knocks herself unconscious, I guess, or, or disorients herself. And some random guy just swims up and pulls her to the, uh, pulls her to the surface. He saves her life, right? Hell yeah. And yeah. one thing I have to say about this movie is that you don't get anybody's name till like later on. Right? They drop it like subtly at like later points in the stories. Yeah, it helps that I had like the, the IMDB like up in front of me and shit. But this is basically Lindsay's dream that we're in now. And, and Lindsay's the clumsy backstroker, I guess, if you, you would. I thought yeah, I missed yeah, something. Yeah. Don't they start like making out? Like, did I, did I just, I thought I missed like a clip. I you did down miss something in second. there. They have a little bit of time before yeah, they make yeah. out. Yeah. I, yeah. I must yeah. admit, I was like, wait, I feel like I looked down and they were, oh, that that's the mouth to mouth. Did you get the guy's name, so, the ghost name? It's so funny. It's Billy. Billy Waters. Something. Billy Waters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my man. Clever. So they're uh, talking now. They instantly hit it off and. He's giving her pointers on how to swim, right? How to do the backstroke and push off the wall. And she asks, hey, Billy, why the fuck aren't you on the swim team, dude? Why aren't you on the team? I bet you're a great swimmer. Diver. Well, what are you doing in the lap pool? Well, I've been out with an injury for a while. I'm trying to get back in the shade. So mm -hmm. he's making up excuses now, right? He kind of seems a little off but i really do like this actor that plays him yeah right it's yeah. like even the way he speaks everything there's something off about billy waters right <laughs> billy waters <laughs> i love that kind of has name. a zool look to him oh it totally like does <laughs> he has so, that animal he, face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a rabid like uh like a marsupial of some sort that's so, I'm sorry, but uh, Vigo from the second Vigo, the villain from the second Ghostbusters. <laughs> Vigo? Yeah, Vigo. No, 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 no Vigo. No, 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 Vigo, not today. <laughs> so he gives her a swimming lesson. Some, you know, they're kind of flirting and all this shit. And you see these kids fucking around and jumping off this ledge, and they keep showing it, so you know that hey, this. This might be important, yeah. right? Take note. This might be yeah. important. And the two of them eventually make out, and he tries to get her to dive off the diving board, and she says that she is afraid of heights, and it gets her so fucking mad that she leaves the pool and goes into the shower. This really upsets her, but they never explain her fear of heights, so... Nope, just she's know, afraid. Yeah, she's just afraid, whatever. So she is taking a shower, and what happens? Billy. <laughs> naked Billy. <laughs> naked Billy. You see Billy's ass. It's, you get some man button. That's, 
Billy just walks up on her, right? And just assumes that, like, okay. I met you today. That's why. <laughs> and you're mad at me, but I'm naked, so. <laughs> yeah, what, what the fuck is that? But eventually, you know, they do their thing. When she comes out, the pool's empty, right? There's nobody there. And she's, uh, like, looking around, and she sees somebody dive in. She thinks she sees Billy dive in. And she never sees him come up and she freaks the fuck out, calls the lifeguard over. She dives in. There's nobody. Nobody. Right? They find nobody. There you go. Nothing. Nobody. <laughs> nobody died in the pool. And <laughs> nobody dove in the pool. <laughs> Don't worry, man. We got you. So she even like starts. She's like screaming her ass off, too. She's like hysterical. But nobody really seems like. Hey, you know, maybe you're like, are you all right? They're, they're immediately okay with causing this panic. So this is a very understanding school that she's at. But Lindsay says to the swimming instructor or the gym teacher in college, like, oh, I saw Billy Waters dive in the pool. Like I saw him and the gym teacher lays it on her. I saw Billy Waters dive in and not come up. Why don't you believe me? Because Billy Waters died in a diving accident five da, da, years da. ago. <laughs> now, do you think that's the most overused, like, thing in a movie or story? Never heard of like, Large Mark before. Been, yeah, it couldn't have been him. He died ten years ago. I will say yes with a but, because I fucking love it. Every time it's used, <laughs> yeah. I love it. It works so well. It, 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 when it happens in this movie, I was like, hell yeah, here we go. Ghost time. So. <laughs> yeah, it's always either so, someone's dead or it's like a place. I was in the school. That high school's been closed for yeah. 17 years. <laughs> it's yeah. that exact same thing. That's There's no West Wing to the school. <laughs> There's no so, basement in the Alamo. <laughs> Lindsay is back at the pool daydreaming about Billy. She's still got him on her mind and she kind of, you know, she's in another world. And when she comes to, she's on that ledge that those kids were jumping from before and she sees zombie Billy and she freaks the fuck out, falls, cracks her fucking head open <laughs> on the side of the pool yep. and falls in the water. Wow. Yeah, it's a great scene. The way <laughs> she kind of slides Billy. in is kind of like falls and then it's like yeah. a <laughs> so when she comes out of the water it's like a dark version of the room of the pool right all the lights are off it's very oddly lit and it like she kind of sees billy and foggy too it's got that like atmosphere going yeah. on yeah and she sees billy and billy's head is fucking cracked open and he's touching it and she's like ow wow 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 <laughs> but he says like oh you know i had an accident and all this stuff like five years ago he's like whatever she's like am i dead and he's like well you know something like that <laughs> i loved it because he was like pushing his fucking fingers into his head and he was like oh wow and he's like you got any iodine <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's touching his brain. my old fucking and italian he's... grandmother used to pour iodine on me like every time i had the smallest cut i got like a bottle of iodine poured <laughs> on my ass and it would burn more than anything in the world is it obscene so amount now <laughs> what's that no, just, I said just an obscene amount of iodine. Just, just, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a small cut. No, no, no. 
<laughs> so now we see a couple other people that have died, I guess, in this pool. There's a high body count for this pool. First, we get an old guy. Now, Mr. Franklin here thought that if he dropped a few pounds, his secretary might play hide the salami in the back <laughs> office. The old ticker gave out on the second lap. He won't get any older. He won't ever die. Because we're already dead. That's like a pretty creepy part, right? Good. Yeah. The way that the guy talks, the way that he looks at the camera and everything. Now we meet Susie Sanders. Hi, Lindsay. I'm Susie Sanders, class of 72. Well, I would have been. That damn gym teacher would have believed me when I said I'd never learn to swim. And now this is the most fucking like, this one like made me go, oh shit. The maintenance guy. I like this one. Let me give you a little advice, Missy. Never, and I mean never, fall into a pool while operating an electric drill. <laughs> and he's like tensing up, like he's doing all. He's making like a tense. You his know, his whole body fucking hair contracting. comes off in this scene too because he's like being fried. It's hilarious. I love the maintenance guy. It's really this. That one is the most fucked up one out of them all. She like goes to run and she sees a, a swimming coach that also broke her neck. Diving. Right? Yep. She dove into a pool without water in it. Which I don't know how you do that. Yeah, yeah. So she runs into the locker room. She goes past the shower. What she see in the shower? The coach getting her neck rubbed, the broken neck rubbed by the janitor maintenance guy. And that's actually like a very Beetlejuice looking scene right there. Like something you would have saw in that. But this eventually culminates in all the monster ghost people trapping her in the shower. And before she's able to get got, she wakes up and Classic. she's back in the terminal. So... It's all a dream. Or was it? The end of her dream <laughs> feels so much like a nightmare on Elm Street scene. Like the lighting, the being in the bathroom, like of the school and everything like that. It just it just felt and the whole dreamland thing just kind of feels very uh, nightmare on Elm Street. I really, really like that aspect of it. Now, would you say this was the strongest of all the stories? No. Not for me. No. For okay. you, would you think it is? No, no, okay. no, no. Okay. Not yet. I was going to be surprised, honestly, uh, if you thought that. I think I think you would be... I don't, I don't know if you'll be surprised about the one that I like. Okay. But it'll make sense once I explain it. I don't know. Maybe we should do it... We'll do it when the when the segment comes up. I feel like that's everybody can say their favorite yeah. one yeah. when it comes. It's not my it. favorite, okay. but it's definitely the best one to open. I feel it's a very strong opener because it's... As we, we as we've been pointing out, it has a lot of those like tropes that we know, like you know the, like oh he's been dead, and it's like very like oh this is familiar, and then the you're other right, one, yeah, it did I hook agree. me right away. Yeah. The first time I yeah. watched this, I was like hell yeah, this is gonna rule. So after we see this dream, we see that apparently they all had nightmares. This is where we learn that they're all connected by having nightmares. And one of the guys, the Dan Severn guy, is a college professor, Howard, what's his name? Howard Conroe. Conroe. And he said, and he's like, oh, I didn't have any. And he like looks really weird, right? He looks really like he's, he's hiding something. So <laughs> the little boy, the little boy says he's headed to Fremont Pioneer Camp 
and he tells his story, right? He's like, oh, I got a scary one. I want to point out that this and kid's like fucking, what, 10, 11 years old, and he's traveling by himself by bus with all these strangers. Yeah. <laughs> strong performance. <laughs> so we see this sick Bronco rolling through the forest, oh, right? The backwoods Bronco. of West Virginia. And we meet Bob Jordan, a.k.a. Wolf, and he's our scout leader. Kind of weird, kind of nerdy. And there's three scouts here. Two of them are assholes, and they're picking on the third, who's trying to do the right thing, right? One of them is, like, following the, following the directions and all that. And the two of them are, like, you know, calling him a fucking goody two-shoes. But here's a pretty funny thing that one of them has has to say. You're always sucking up to that nerd. Trying to be Mr. Super Scout. He didn't have to take us out here, you know. He's given us a chance to pick out the Fall Camper East site. Who gives a shit? Woods or Woods? To me, that's hilarious. <laughs> Who gives it. a shit? Woods or fucking Woods? I love when and kids this is swear we... in movies. That's like one of my favorite things. It's so oh, funny. 100%. Yeah. I agree, 100%. <laughs> and this is where we get some music that I literally could not take. That, like fucking cheesy acoustic guitar loop and all that shit i couldn't take that man so the kids go out to find some firewood before they go to the lake because they don't know if they'll be back before dark so they're all out doing their thing and one of them walks into this like hillbilly out in the woods and i thought this was pretty funny what the fuck you think you're doing <laughs> Imagine saying that to a little kid and then like the southern like sting there with the slide yeah. guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that really made me crack up. But this guy is, I guess, living on state land illegally and basically says like, get the fuck out of here or else. Right. He threatens him. And the guy, Bob is like oh i couldn't do anything because i couldn't jeopardize your well-being and all this shit and the kids are like yeah all and right jerk off <laughs> yeah yeah and then he starts talking about wolves and this will be more important later in the film man always preys on creatures that he thinks are weaker than he is but man is the weak one did you know that a wolf will chew its own leg off to escape a hunter's trap now they're the strong ones that is fucking crazy. I think that's actually a true it fact. Is. Very true fact. I think that's real. So the kids want to leave now because they're freaked out by this fucking hillbilly. And Bob's like, uh-uh, we're staying. The guy's all bark, no bite. I've, I've dealt with people like this before when I was when I was with the state. Right? He keeps saying with the state. <laughs> and he even says, like, oh, I'll go look around to see if he's still in the area. So... The kids say, like, oh, what a dipshit, yeah. right, when he leaves. <laughs> so the two bad kids, they go out into the woods like you're going to do when you're, like, fucking nine years old and smoke cigarettes, right? Talk shit and smoke yeah, cigarettes. Basically, if, like, me and Mike were, like, in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is where we see Scott, who is one of the kids. He gets grabbed, right? He gets pulled up. And the other kid finds his lit, uh, his lit cigarette, and he even makes like a Smokey the Bear joke. And I believe they actually make a deliverance joke during this whole thing. That's when he gets grabbed. He's like doing the suey thing oh, for yeah. Squeal Boy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put that together. And he finds his broken calculator watch also, and he knows that's a big deal. That's when he starts running. But he runs back to camp, 
And before he can make it back, we see him get grabbed by something. It's very Evil Dead POV killer shot, right? Like traveling fast at him and it cuts. So we see the other little kid and he's in this camp. And I guess they left him all day and all night because he's sleeping at this point, right? He's got the fire going. He's in his tent. And this is where we see him wake up to the sound of his two buddies. Well, pack mates or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how, tied they, how up. friendly they are. <laughs> and then the hillbilly is tied up hanging from the tree. Yeah. He looks dead, but I think he was still alive. I think right? he was alive still, yeah. But just tied up, incapacitated. Yeah, so Bob basically is is not who he seems, and he explains to Billy what being with the state really was. I th- oh, yeah, is that the kid's name, Billy? That's oh, Mason. Mason. Yeah, Mason. Yeah, he tells Mason where he really was with the state. They used to talk to me at night when I was in the hospital before I moved to Shepherdstown. Oh, I thought you were the state government. <laughs> I wasn't with the state. I was with the state institution. (laughs) (laughs) So Bob tells Mason, like, hang out here and watch these two pieces of shit. I'm going to go feed this other guy to the wolves, right? I'm going to go make a peace offering. And this is where things go south. Mason tries to help the two kids. And Bob comes back. And he looks even crazier now. And he starts following, well, starts chasing Mason because he runs. And Mason eventually stabs him in the leg, too, which is pretty amazing. Nice little, like, Swiss Army knife. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he runs, and Mason falls asleep in the woods. And the lighting kind of changes here, too. It goes from being, like, that blue and all that to more of a normal morning type lighting. No, it was a good, and, it, was, it, was, it was really good uh, job on their part for giving that sensibility of like the whole time change and everything. Yeah, yeah. And when Mason wakes up, who's right there with him? Bob, right? And he's like, oh, it's breakfast time. Or, <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> oof. And what happens to him? He gets his hand caught in a bear trap. And this is this was foresha- uh, foreshadowed in the beginning of the film. Well, the beginning of the, the segment, story, at least. Yeah. So Mason runs past him. He runs back to camp. Him and the two other boys get in the truck. They're <laughs> trying to start the truck. They can't do it. And who appears at the window? Bob with his hand chewed off. And he's making like a... <laughs> yeah, he's chopping at the base, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's... <laughs> my god and it you see the stump it's like a disgusting like fucking mangled you see hand the bone and everything stump. it's really good yeah and you see like the kids are terrified in the truck and we're back at the bus terminal and that would be a pretty scary dream as a kid right hell yeah that feels like a, it feels like a real kid dream that you would have so was, did you ever have dreams like that any of you either of you you ever have a dream like that when you were younger Something like really White fucking dream? bad. No, just in general. Okay, so I had a, a dream that stuck with me for my entire life. When I was young, I got shown the movie Scarface by my cousin. And the scene that stuck out in my head was the bathroom scene where the guy's getting cut up by the chainsaw. <laughs> so I had had this dream where, like, 
me and my family had gotten like kidnapped by these people and I basically had to like watch like my dad get chainsawed apart and shit like that just like in the movie and it has like fucking stuck in my psyche my entire life I always think like oh bad dream that's the bad dream that I go to that and like there was a big bad wolf from Sesame Street that was blue and that fucker scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And I would have dreams of that blue big bad wolf <laughs> taking me out of my room and like running out of the fucking window and shit with me. And those are the two worst dreams I've ever had. So, Anthony, you got one? Yeah. I, well, it's funny. I have like a common theme in my bad dreams. It's always when something bad happens. And I'm not sure if it's just me. I get a thing in my dream where something terrible is about to happen and like you need help. And you can't say anything. Is am I the only person that gets that? Like I have so many no. dreams. Like I will. Like that's the biggest thing. Like I could. A dream that sticks out to me. Like no joke. One dream I have is just a normal dream, and I just almost got eaten by a tiger, and I'm getting chased by a tiger, and I'm yelling, <laughs> trying to yell help, but I'm so terrified, nothing's coming out. That happens to me very frequently in my dreams. Wow, that's like that thing where like you can't like fight back in your dreams. You yes. ever had that thing where like you go yeah. to hit somebody and like you're just like weak for some reason. Your you're arms like, are spaghetti. Yes, yeah. yeah, you're in that space between asleep and awake. Where you're like, what the fuck's going on? And you wake up. Ha, ha, ha. I need that water. Always happens to me if I have like a like a zombie dream. Like all of a sudden, I have a I have like a gun. But the bullets don't work, or the gun don't work for some reason. <laughs> it's it some never bullshit. works. Yeah, yeah, it never works. Or like I don't know. I have a lot of shit like that. When I was little, I used to have a reoccurring dream that my bedroom was like at the top of the steps and like to the right. And we lived in a. It was a very small house, so there was only two rooms upstairs. It was you know one to the right, one to the left. And I always had a dream when I was younger that like I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard something coming up the steps and it was the fucking Crypt Keeper and like (laughs) I just like remember dude I remember like having a dream seeing the hand come around like the door and then seeing the face and flipping the fuck out like going nuts it's so weird how things (laughs) stick with you when you're a kid that just like freaks you out and shit I think uh, something that me and you have actually talked about before too is the dreams of like I watch a lot of like you know first 48 forensic files and shit like that so I'll have these dreams where I'll I'll kill somebody in my dream and I hide the body and all this shit and the worst part about the dream is then thinking that I'm gonna go to jail for the rest of my life and I have these like panic attacks in my dream about like being arrested and I'm like what the fuck am I gonna do when really that should be yeah, you, not the worst part of that dream but it really is. yeah 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 you're always so you're, you wake up do? and you're all panicked yeah. you do you always like do something terrible in the dream and you panicked when you wake up panic like, oh, shit dude legit yeah. panicked you're so relieved that it's a dream so now we have one of the other women telling her story and I this one could have been a lot cooler. I like the idea. It could have been. A, it could have been a little better. Yeah, but this is Sharon's it's not terrible. dream, and I agree. I think the premises is really, really good. So, and there's a, a small line at the end of the, uh, towards the end of the segment that really actually makes it a little bit, you know, a little bit better than what it, it. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get to that. So we see her. We see Sharon, and I assume her apartment. And she's talking to the TV newsman. You don't send me flowers. Or take me out to dinner. Treasury officials say there are few new revenue sources to be tapped. 
But you talk to me. Every night at 11, you look right into my eyes. Then you talk to me. A fire on the east end forced one family out. I love you, newsman. Flames ripped through the Hillcrest apartment complex late this afternoon. And then, I love you, Sharon. I have for a long time. Call me. Call me. So he speaks to her telepathically. Something's up. What? Yeah, what's going yeah. on here? And she can't believe it. She's all freaked out about this. Her sister calls, and even the sister's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? So she eventually works up the courage to call the number, right? Call the TV station. And when she does, she speaks to the newsman, right? And what's his name? Tom? Tom Williams. And Such a newsman name. Yeah. And the guy that picks up the phone that's like talking to her doesn't even look like the same actor yeah. in the rest of the movie. Right? Completely doesn't different. it look? I, I, I went back and forth a couple times and I was like, <laughs> is this even the same guy? No joke. If you go back to that part, you're going to be like, what the fuck? He wasn't there and that you day. Know what? They found a stand in. So I have the movie on right now. We're actually up to this part. And you know what? I'm going to take that back. This this one is actually awesome. Okay. Now that I'm... Th- I, I totally forgot about this this whole segment here. Yeah. Like the post, like, incident. That's why I think this is a very strong scene or a strong segment. We'll get to this. So she calls. He picks up. They talk. And they're kind of like, going, you know, it's going good for the couple seconds they're on the phone. But she freaks out and hangs up. And that's that. So now, later on, there's a knock at the door. Who is it? Tom Williams, the fucking TV news anchor man, right? And she is 100% shocked to see this guy. She has no idea why he's there. She's she doesn't know how he knows. Yeah, she doesn't know how he how he got there. But she's surprised, and he says, "Aren't you gonna invite me in?" so smooth and that's yeah that's such a small line right there that's meaningless very but it's really not yes and of course they spend the night together and they end up banging and you see more blue light more argento blue light and lots of spanish guitar music playing (laughs) yeah very nice very nice stock stock music and tom eventually reveals that he's a fucking vampire and he bites Sharon on the neck, right? And it's done almost like a TV show. Oh, yeah. It looks like it's a TV show. Very soap opera So we see the, we see like, you know, he he does the whole, puts his head back. <laughs> the big bite. You know, yeah, you got to show the teeth that they spent money on. So now we see this <laughs> this goth girl, right? And who is this? And it kind of looks like the girl from uh, Slime City. The neighbor in Slime City. And she sees this pizza guy and she flashes him for pizza, basically. But she also kills him. And she starts stealing his blood. And Sharon sees this and she freaks the fuck out. But apparently this is Tom's assistant, right? Like his familiar, I guess you could say. She takes care of him. And yeah, takes care of him during the day. And Tom basically sits her down and they start talking. And I thought this line was fucking awesome. Will I be like you? No, you'll die in a few days. Damn. But 
it will be the best days of your life. You'll feel more love, more passion than you ever would have experienced in your depressed existence. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, one thing that I like is that you don't turn into a vampire. You just fucking die, die in a couple days. Like, you're poisoned, basically. And I thought that was a really good, like, take on vampirism and everything. Yeah, and he even Right, they don't just leave you dead. Yeah, and he even said that, like, the only reason I was even able to reach you is because of how weak you are from, like, your miserable fucking life. So, like, it's such a cool play on that. I love that. That, like, a vampire is able to get to that point in life, and that, like, if you're so desperate... Yeah, if you're a weak... you could... You're susceptible to this sort of shit being broadcasted out. dude. I love it. Yeah. I take all that shit back. This this one is awesome. This is better than Vampire Cop, I think. Yeah, I would, this... Yeah, this... <laughs> that's your story is alone. <laughs> that's hilarious. And we also see that vampires eat pizza, because we see Tom eating Amen, a slice of pizza, dude. which Hell is pretty yeah. funny. And... Uh, we see Tom wrapped up in this black body bag, which is also smart, right? You can't bring the coffin around, but you can have a black body bag that blocks nice. all the light. Yeah. And you see, like, the assistant slap away Sharon, right, when she goes to touch him. <laughs> <laughs> and we see Sharon in the bathroom mirror, and her neck is all fucked up, right? There's, like, three different pairs of bites on her neck and like she looks like she's starting to die right uh you see the veins and everything protruding now and she does not look happy at all <laughs> some shit is going through her mind but eventually she decides fuck it i'm gonna stake this fucking vampire yeah, right enough. who gives a shit and she does it with a hairbrush i guess because that's what it looked <laughs> like to me yeah, and she tries to sneak out of the apartment past the goth girl, but she appears outside right in front of her. But lucky for her, well, I guess unlucky for her, I don't know, uh, a cop rolls up, right? And he's like, I'm looking for this pizza guy that's been, dis you know, he's been gone since last night. He was last seen delivering here. And the goth girl runs in the apartment. Sharon runs the other way. The cop goes into the apartment and we hear gunshots, yeah, she's right? she's like blaring that horrible fucking song that she's like, like the goth girl dances to this song for way too long. Yeah. Way too just long. Like in, just like in Slime City. Yeah. And Necropolis has one too. They, <laughs> that has a dance on it. It's like probably one of the stronger songs in the movie, but the song still fucking sucks so much. <laughs> so... so Sharon flies home, right? We we hear that she goes back to wherever she came from, which is, you know, that's what her sister wanted her to do to begin with. And she's in the hospital recovering. Well, I guess she's not going to recover. And the doctor's telling the sister, like, what is she into? Like, what is she, is she into, like, weird things? Kinky and things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... While she's laying in this hospital bed, the TV is on and the nightly news is on. And this is the end of this segment. Since this is my last broadcast, I have the pleasure of introducing News 9's new news evening anchor, Tom Williams. <gasps> thank you, George. And good luck to you in your new position. And I would like to thank you, the good people of the tri-state area, for inviting me into your homes. Good night. For now. Oh. How are you feeling, Sharon? Uh, call. Call me. 
<laughs> and that's that. And like the little boy's like, that's not scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, maybe maybe you had to be there. <laughs> so this wasn't going to be was a really good one. This wasn't going to be my favorite, honestly. But after everything we've just said, it, it's a very close con- contender to be my favorite segment in this movie now, which is tough because I'm usually not big on vampire stuff. Well, we are starting a new chapter in our lives with all the vampire films that we we're are. watching, yeah, right? It has been a very vampire-filled year so far. So, one of the young guys in the group, he tells his story. And we see him reading the newspaper, and he's reading the obituaries, and he's reading them out loud. It's really kind of weird. But he sees one that's of a nine-year-old boy, right? He's like, I wish there was something I can do. I wish there was a way I could help and all this, and I wish I could bring him back. And who appears in his fucking house? <laughs> the nine-year-old boy. And he, first of all, this house looks like something out of the abomination, right? It looks like the house from the abomination. Just throwing that out there. But he calls the kid's parents. They come and pick him up and he goes home. It's like, holy shit, right? And he's looking through the obituaries again. And he finds another young person and he wishes him back. And there he is. And this guy's kind of confused, right? This one was kind of like, oh, man. He's like, oh, like, can like, can I just, like, go? I'm free like, to leave? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and you can tell That's he's, like, it? confused. And you feel bad for him, right? He looks lost. Like, he has no idea what's going on. And he finally is looking through a family photo album. And he's looking at pictures of his brother who died in a car accident. No, it said farm accident, I believe. Yeah, farm accident. And he says, I want my brother back. I, you know, I wish my brother was back. And who comes back? His brother, right? This is... And now Ron is the one wishing people back. John is the brother that just came back. And John is pissed. Yeah, and here... <laughs> Is their talk. Ronnie, you're here. No, you're here. You're home, John. Home? I discovered today that I could return the dead. I know it sounds crazy, but I brought you back. What made you think I'd want to come back? You son of a bitch. What have you done? <laughs> you talk like that in heaven? I like that. How do you know that's where I was? You mean you were... No. He's like, no, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they start getting friendly, but John starts telling him about, like, dying. And he's like, oh, it didn't hurt too much. And like all my, all our family and friends were like around. And I guess he met like after he passed. Yeah. Right. That like he was seeing all their family there and everything. And he says, I, I, I don't want to do that again. Like I have to die again. Like dying sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, now I have to die again. And somebody bursts through the door. It's the kid from before. And he says, I can help with that. Jesus Christ. So what the fuck happened to this guy? 
So, basically, this kid was a fucking axe murderer who was put to death by the state with the electric chair and Mr. Ron just brought him back. <laughs> fucking Nelson and Crowder. I love that name. Crowder. That, that's such that's a, a funny what name. What a shit name. But, <laughs> that's why uh, he killed everybody because everyone picked on him for his dumbass Yeah, name. yeah. So basically he's got a shotgun, a sawed-off shotgun, and he's pointing it at, at John now saying like, hey, you got to bring back my friends or else. And Ron keeps saying like, I need a picture or the newspaper. I can't just do it out of thin air. And eventually... He shoots John in the leg, right? Fuck it, that looks painful as hell. And this is where they scuffle, they fight. And what does Ron do? He puts his hand on the newspaper and says, I wish you'd go back to where you came from. And what happens? He disappears, right? Simple enough. Uh, yeah, that's simple enough. Except... It's not. <laughs> All of a sudden, Ron disappears. Very Back to the Future-esque. Yeah. Dissolved out of the so, frame. So now, John goes over to the newspaper. He picks it up. And what's underneath the newspaper? The photo album with the picture of Ron on that page. He deleted his own existence. He deleted his own existence. Damn. And, dude, I have to say, this is my favorite one. This is your favorite. This is my yeah, favorite, too. Yeah. No shit. Dude, okay, I am very this, surprised. That's so this one. feels like a... Dude, this feels like a Bob Clark thing to me. Okay. Yeah. Like, this this feels like of that, like, you know, death dream, uh, children shouldn't play with dead things, yeah, like, around I, that era. Okay. Just the way it's shot, the way it looks and everything. That's what this felt like to me. And I really enjoyed the whole uh, bringing the people back and them being totally confused. And like he's doing it like out of a, you know, he feels genuinely bad for these people. And he just so happens to bring back like an axe murderer that kind of fucks everything up. And then his power turns on him like that's awesome. He wishes himself into fucking nothingness. That's so cool. That's such a good twist. I that's why this is this is my favorite. So Anthony, you say this is your favorite also? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's a really uh like I don't know, even if it's it's not real, but I feel like the motions like it can't really happen, but him the I just thought it was thought it was the one of the most layered ones and I thought it was pretty original. <laughs> like like I don't know. This cool. yeah, this this one had more of like an emotional thing. Yeah. Like more it wasn't just a, a horror segment, and it's you know. Interesting it was too, more psychological because it was. It's a. It's one of the shorter dream sequences in the entire movie, but I think that it does have more emotion and depth than the yeah. other longer ones do. Like that opening one with the pool is so long, but you don't get as much, you know, yeah. feeling out of it as you do as this shorter one with with Ron. I could totally see where you guys yeah. are coming from. Yeah. I agree. I love I, this. I also like one. the thing about like whenever people see something bad, like oh man, like you know they watch the thing with like that like with like all the dogs in the kennel and stuff. Like oh, I wish I could do something about that. And this yeah, guy's like, oh, here you go. Yeah. Like here, oh yeah, what? This guy could. I can't adopt <laughs> all these dogs. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> 
So the bus terminal ticket taker guy says, oh, I arranged a charter and they're going to come by in about a half hour and bring you to the next station where you can be on your way. And they're all fucking pumped. So finally, uh, the fucking dot, what's his name? Conroe, Conroe Professor yeah. Conroe. Conroe, right? Conroe, yeah, with an Conroe, like a cornrow. Yeah, Professor Conroe. Yeah, (laughs) Professor Conroe. He finally says, "All right, yeah, I had a dream," and we start getting all this exposition about a god Ishte. No, Ishpay. Ishpay. I'm thinking of Ishtar. Yeah, Yeah, I'm thinking of Ishtar from Blood Diner. (laughs) But uh, we're talking about Ishpay, and this is a very long explanation of this god. I'm not going to give it to you. But basically, somebody asks a question about, like, you know, you said they were a civil society and all this stuff. Like, why would they be doing all sorts of fucked up shit to people? And this is his response. This is so good. Didn't you say the Adena were a civilized, peaceful culture, Dr. Conrad? They were peaceful because they were feared. And being civilized has nothing to do with believing in the ridiculous. We've got fundamentalist leaders today who'll convince millions to give money or else they'll be sacrificed or to build theme parks or even run for president. Ignorance and blind faith have flourished in every culture. Wow, that's pretty relevant today. That's so heavy. That's awesome. I love that. (laughs) uh, I had that actually like marked in my notes for you to take a clip of it. And I was like, he's going to know to take that. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) man. So after all these kids hear about Ishpay, two of them decide to go to this newly found burial mound that all of a sudden they have this Aztec fucking, these Aztec ruins in West Virginia. Uh, (laughs) They're going to go to the mound and see what's up. So they sneak past the guard, they go up there, and the girl is joking around and says the incantation uh, passage. And guess what happens? She turns into Ishpay. She is now possessed. Yep. She grabs the guy and she speaks with an incredibly, like, this is some interesting voice modulation. So she decapitates this guy, right? This Joey Belladonna guy gets fucking decapitated. Joey Belladonna. That's deadass. And and Ishpay leaves the head on the security guard's lap, and the head looks pretty good because I think it's the guy's head sticking through a chair. Yeah, it looks great. But (laughs) she goes to see the professor now and she appears in his office takes a huge rip off that fucking weed pipe blows it in his face because she's disrespectful as fuck and he basically inhales the whole hit and he is in another dimension yeah, is, literally like he's in another dimension yeah, and it's all and, like aztec out like ceremonies going on and by it. Aztec out, I mean like the Mexico section of uh, Epcot in <laughs> Disney World. <laughs> so we hear this cool music at least. This isn't the same music from the beginning, it's is not, it? You're no. right. This is really cool. I forgot about this music. This is heavy, man. 
So as we get this, Ishpei lays the professor down on a sacrificial altar. And just before the blade comes down and strikes him in the chest, he wakes up and where is he? In his office, right? The the janitor walks in. Oh, sorry, man. Didn't know you were here. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we see a cop who really didn't even need to be in this uh, segment. The cop is questioning the professor, right? Like, you know, what do you know about these oh, people? The do you have any relationship? So and funny. Yeah, and the professor's like, I don't think I have to talk to you. I don't think I have anything to do with this. I think they were just students. I don't think the killer was part of this uh, campus. Uh, and the cop is like, oh, you know. You're an you asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you must be a good teacher. Kids getting killed and you're worried about liability. <laughs> I couldn't get a read on this cop. I honestly couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't tell if he was like a good guy or not, but apparently he was good. You know, he was good at the end. Good intentions. I really don't really tell you anything, yeah. And this is basically where the end of the film kicks off, and it's pretty awesome. So they also thought that uh, Conroe ripped this kid's head off, this fucking, like, overweight... Maybe if it was actually Dan Severn playing the character, but, like, this this overweight (laughs) fucking asshole... Not this guy. No, he's, like, just not, not able to do that. So the reincarnation of Ishpei is now in class, right? She's in social studies 101. Fucking Gloria. Uh, Ruining everything. Yeah, yeah. History 101. And he's telling the, the end of the story of Ishpei, of how the priests and everything would get rid of the reincarnation whenever it materialized, right? There was this whole thing about... Uh, all the monks and the soldiers being locked in a place yeah, and they like had a, a chant some it's an exorcism some right fucking, they call yeah, it yeah some text and he starts saying it and the girl starts fucking going crazy and she turns a hundred percent into Ishpei at this point and the, the makeup is pretty gnarly it looks almost Freddy Kruegerish I like but that. she's going around killing all the other students right in this classroom they can't get out they're stuck and Professor Conroe starts reading the end of the passage, right? He's trying to finish the right to do it. And just before he's about to get stabbed again, he finishes the right and she falls down and appears normal, right? And also, I think that was because the cop shot her in the head. But we won't we won't talk about that. But He's like, oh my God, what have I done, right? And what happens? She pops she up. She pops up and rips his fucking heart out. You see her holding the heart. He's got this like startled look on his face. Like, oh, oh, oh. The heart looks super and, good. I loved it. it yep, really and, it, and it dissolves into him at the bus terminal. And finally, the bus comes for all these people, and they're happy to get on, right? So they go get on. And Ron sits down, and who's next to him? The killer, right? And who's two seats over? His His brother. brother. (laughs) Shit. The professor sits down next to the girl who's reincarnated by Ishpei. By Ishpei? But uh, Sharon is next to the goth girl, right? And she's watching the TV. And this is what the goth girl from before is watching. And now to the bad news. Sharon Phillips. 
hell. <laughs> That's a brutal thing to play to somebody, right? And the kid is next to the two scouts, and who's next to him also? The hillbilly. And basically, they're fucked. The bus destination on the front changes to hell. hell. <laughs> da -da -da. So awesome. So dude. the this little the little great. kid tries to escape. He runs back into the terminal, and he tries to wake up the guy who's been sleeping this whole time under the newspaper. And who is it? Fucking Bob with his <laughs> missing hand. And the kid wakes up in his bed and says. Now that's scary. It's all a dream. Okay, hold on, hold on. So, I normally hate shit like that. I hate that yeah. it was all a dream, it never happened. They pull it off really well here. Yeah, I, agree. I think they pull it off really well. I, I wasn't disappointed. I thought it was cool. I thought it was funny. Um, you know, the kid was, I guess, also like a pretty good kid actor, so... I don't know. He was really good. So, and I'm surprised me, he wasn't in other things. I, I actually thought he would go on to do other movies besides it because he did a really yeah. good job. So let me guess. This was your favorite this segment. Was, this was my favorite segment uh, for sure because I, I'm a sucker for like possession stuff. I love anything that's like supernatural that it does with like, you know, exorcisms and ancient rites and shit. So as soon as that whole thing started with Ishpay, I was like, this is really fucking cool. This is my shit. Yeah. This the, is the, my shit. When I saw the decapitated head, I was like, yeah, I love decapitation. <laughs> so everything about that was just like right up my alley. They, they did a really good job with it too. I didn't expect her to actually come back after she was shot and to pull his heart out because they've been doing all of like the very last minute cutaways on all the other stories where they don't actually that, die yeah. but he actually gets his heart ripped out because he's a piece of shit the whole movie so it's kind of a good comeuffance thing I think this one had a solid runtime too yeah. this was perfect like the length was perfect of this one I, w I would have to say that they are all strong in specific ways I just like that one because it reminds me of a style of film that I like I understand that you like the end one because it resembles a style of film that you like. Yeah. You know, same thing with Anthony. The first one is also very good. Really good. If I saw if I saw that on like a half hour TV show, you know, on Saturday night or something, I'd watch that shit every week if it was like that. Which I'm surprised they didn't do that with stuff like this. Well, they did. The fuck am I saying? That's what oh, Tales from the Crypt from was. The crypt, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was like the giant of it. But... But I really, I really like this movie, man. I really like this I one, guys. I think that each one of these stories could have easily been written into a full-length movie on its own that I would really enjoy watching. They each have potential. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Maybe one day it will. Who knows? Yeah, right. So why doesn't everybody just give... I mean, we've already spoken about this. Yeah. You know, like a motherfucker. Why doesn't everybody just give their final thoughts and their rating? I think that uh, out of all the anthologies that you can watch, this is probably going to be one of the best. It's A lot of anthologies have one or two stories that are really strong, a couple of stragglers. I, I love every single one. Every single one of these stories has its own its own merit, its own uh, you know unique coolness about it. I would have to say that this is easily like a, a 4.8 to 5 star movie. This is really fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anthony? I give it um, a 4.5. I really enjoyed it. And especially in times that we're in now where we can't leave our house. And, you know, sometimes you can't really like, especially people that like watch nothing but like Netflix and TV shows. I feel like 
putting on something like an anthology, you like if you just pay attention to some of the stories, like you get something cool. And if you really pay attention with this one, it ties it in with a really cool ending. And I will add to I'll add um, the directors and writers of Inception saw this movie as well. And <laughs> came up. So this is the original Inception. Yeah, this was a couple. This was a couple layers deep. I, yeah, I would we, definitely what, what it, Dream agree World with 3? that. Dream World Three. Dream World Three. Does that does that mean? I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it might even three. it might even be more than that. You got to think of the layers. The bus stop, then people's dream. Oh well, yeah. If you're going through everyone's head, yeah. Like a layer <laughs> ten. Damn. <laughs> Damn. been in ten. My Maybe train right now. <laughs> so, what would you give it? What, what would your final score be? Oh, I, what did I dig? Four, four point five. What? Did yeah, I, four point five. You said I four think. Five, was it four point five? There you go. <laughs> Damn, I, I liked you know it a lot. No. I'm. It's. It was really yeah, why good. Why not? Who, who would have thought an anthology would really be like the my favorite film we've seen in a while? In a just while. Because it was. Just it's, it's just the attention. It's there's every anyone anything could be different. Anyone can. You're excited for the next one as you're watching one. I hope this is not the last one. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I like that there's a lot of stories in this too. It's not like there's only two or three. I like, I really do like the fact that there's a couple. So my final thoughts on this, I love the storytelling. It's really solid. It definitely, um, I, I guess none of the stories feel like they're rushed. None of them feel like they really drag. Uh, they give them the time that they need. Some of them are longer than others. Unfortunately, the one that I like is shorter. Maybe that is also a reason why I like it. It's short and sweet. But the gore is good for what it is. You're not going to see somebody getting, you know, destroyed by a sledgehammer or something. But <laughs> it's there, right? You see some oh, gross yeah, shit. Some good shots. The acting is good. I, you know, besides the music being terrible in some parts, which you're going to expect in this type of film and this sort of budget. I, I give this one a 5 out of 5. I, I say definitely go get this. Go find it. Definitely watch it. And, uh, you know, I think you'll enjoy it. It's really up there with things like Terrorize and shit like that. It's it's probably... I would say this is the top of that, like, low-budget anthology film. Right? Would oh, you agree? Yeah, I, I can definitely get on yeah. board with that idea. So, what do you want to do first? Our taglines or the back of the box? Let's do the taglines. I this was my weak point this week. I, I felt like I didn't really shine as much as I'd like to. So, why don't you give me give me yours? Give me yours, because I right. I'm kind of having trouble with this one. <clears throat> okay, so first of all, the one that's on the radon release, I think that's like the main tagline for the movie that says chillers, and it goes, "Evil travels in many forms, even by bus." That's a pretty good one, although I don't really... You know, there's not much bus in the movie. So I have... uh, Travel can be a real nightmare. You know, simple. Dude. Yeah. I I really like that one. That's a good one. uh, Shit. Another one is... This is one bad trip. (gasps) Wow. I guess they were better than I thought. (laughs) Anthony, can you give us one? Uh... Can you give us one? Yeah. I, chillers. Next stop, Dreamland. <laughs> That's a little wholesome one. That, 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 Very wholesome. Dude, it's Grits, I'm like 100% fucking impressed right that now. That was a Thanks, good one. Dude. I appreciate that. Let's see. Let's see if I can Let's see if I can think of one off the top of my head right now. I'm going to you doing yours. Hold on. <laughs> um, 
shit, dude. Fuck, how am I gonna beat that? See, you've you've awakened a beast, dude. All those times where you shit talk, he <laughs> said so I should be prepared. I am now becoming prepared. These people have a first-class ticket to hell. Yes, that is a okay. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> See, if you took the time you to really hold these you'll in, you'll hit them out of the park, dude. Anthony, give me, give me one. Come on, no, I know dude, you I'm can really, do one. I'm, it's gonna hit me while we're talking. I'll like do. I'll like. I'll just say it. <laughs> You'll jump in. <laughs> I'll jump in. Okay, uh, Adam, you have a little bit more light over there right now. Yeah, Why don't gotcha. you do the back of the box? All right. So this is the radon release, like we said. Back of the box. Five lonely travelers, thrown together by a chance, realize they have more in common than just bad dreams. When they are stranded overnight in a rural West Virginia bus stop, swapping their tales of terrors becomes much more than killing time. <laughs> That's it? I, like, I didn't yeah. even look at the back of I mine. like nice short... I, I lucked out, dude. You've been reading these nice. like fucking novels. I get this nice little paragraph. Quick one. Sums it up. I I like all the pictures that they have on the back of Great this, box too. design. Radon kills it with their box design. Honestly, I love their art department. Really good stuff. Give give Anthony a good look at the box here, Check at the cover. Check this bad boy out. Yeah, I saw that one. on like the, like It has like kind go. of like, like Nightmare on Elm Street 2 look to it. Like Creepy Kids is great. Yeah. Show them the back of it. Oh, yeah. All those See if you can those get the cool. pictures. <laughs> I wish we could show you guys. Ah, it doesn't want to focus. I wish we could show you guys, but unfortunately, that's not the case at the moment. This is but a cool one too. Maybe right I'll take, I was telling you about this. Yeah, I'll is put escapes. it on the, You guys should check that movie out with uh, Vincent Price. I'm all right, saying, all right. So. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, we'll, I have we'll seen about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the Vincent okay. Price narration. Yeah. Is that the one you're talking that's about? Fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've I've never seen that. I've actually never heard of that. But let's get to Jake. Let's spin the spin wheel. It. And we'll see what we're doing next week. But you see, the deal is, man, you gotta step up and spin that wheel. Once you spin it, where it stops, that's what you and I are gonna do. And what happens? Well, we both go in the ring. One man comes out. The other? <laughs> well, no. Okay. So we are going to spin this wheel and see what the hell we're doing next week because I don't know how we're going to be chillers. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. We can. Come on. We got, we got heat. Baby. All right. Let's say. Let's say. So I will spin this wheel. Three, two, one. Next week on the Bad Taste Video Podcast, we will be watching... Crystal Force. Yeah, that's, that's, okay, that's, that's a good follow-up. I think this is so, equally as fun. Is there is there a trailer on this one? I think so, yeah, for sure. Uh, I will hit the trailer if there is one. If not, I will entertain you otherwise. In an, I will entertain you in another way. <laughs>
Okay, Crystal Force, uh, an interesting movie. This one is a Vista Street Entertainment, right? Release, a uh, very sought after distribution company. Mm -hmm. This one's a little bit easier Big to fan. get than some of the other ones, yeah. but this one has a great box. Obviously has a gemstone on the front with some sort of monster in it, a crystal, if you would. And on the side, we see a, another monster giving the middle finger, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> he has got a middle finger. <laughs> I've never noticed that. Uh, you good. said that you really enjoyed this movie when you watched it, yeah, right? I it's love, kind of fucking weird. I love practical effects, too. I love any kind of like monster movies where you get a guy in a monster suit that's done really well. It's probably some Hell of my yeah. favorite shit ever. Uh, I just watched Hell Evil yeah. Spawn again this week, and like that has that classic guy in a fucking monster suit, and it's so good. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I, waiting for mine to get down here, Chase. Get, get out of your <laughs> shit. Dude. But uh, yeah, we gotta get that movie. But uh, no, this is really really fun. I love anything about hell and demons and Satan. So it's it's, it's right uh, yeah. up my alley. Anthony, have you ever seen this movie? No, I heard of the it. The name sounds amazing though. And yeah, Crystal so Force. I. Yeah, I literally bought this movie just for the podcast, and I was like, "This has to be something fucking yeah. stupid." Like, come on, it's got to be. It's Vista Street. It's got to be crazy. It's rock. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you watched it first. I was gonna wait to do, a, you know, my initial viewing for this, and you were not disappointed. So we will be watching a very interesting film next week. You haven't watched so, it yet. You haven't. No, no. Oh, I saved it for I'm this. I'm psyched, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah, sweet. One of the first times you will ever see me going into something completely blind. No, it's on this usually show. yeah, it's 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 very rare for this, so it's kind of making yeah, me excited. Yeah, I'm very I'm very strict with as soon as I get the tape, watch it that day, watch it that night, like get it in, get it back onto the shelf because if you don't do it, you're never gonna. It's so true. <laughs> the the backlog grows rather quickly. You have nagged so, me into submission with this idea, and I <laughs> and I works, now watch right? things as soon as I get them. It helps me it make works. sure I don't get fucked up tapes too, dude. I'm gonna tell you right now, it it, it pays. Yeah, you you're gonna spend hundred and twenty five dollars on a tape. I make know. Sure it works. Some people that's crazy. But me, but I'll it's do not. It. Yeah, it's like any other media. Records are very, vintage. Records are very expensive. Uh, baseball cards, comic books, anything like that. It's all worth a lot. If I wanted, I got the this money. Is, it's going to be in my collection. Whatever. But. <laughs> You don't want to spend all this money on something, then fucking six months down the line, you go to fucking watch it and it don't work. It got oh, zapped no. by a magnet oh, at some point. Yeah. You know, it does happen. Luckily, I've never been burned on an expensive one. I've gotten good deals on tapes. And then, like, you play it, you're like, shit, it's all fucked up. Dude, but my sometimes tape you was could... sketchy when I first got it. It, like, made a clunky sound when it was playing and my VCR would shut off within, like, four seconds of it being on. And I was like, what the fuck? I've never had a tape do that. So I had to yeah. like fast forward it all the way to the end of it and then rewind it in my rewinder and like reset the spool. And finally it kind of tension like, issue. Yeah, it took took notice yeah. or whatever. But man, what a pain in the ass. So all here's some advice from people that fucking have to do this shit way too much. <laughs> if your tape is not really working correctly, first clean the heads on your VCR. You can use one of those fucking tapes. I don't advise doing that. Open your fucking VCR. Take the top off. You're looking at the tape heads. You take a literal piece of printer paper. Cover that shit in rubbing alcohol. You're moving it counterclockwise. You're, you turn the drum counterclockwise and you'll clean the heads like that. Don't touch the sides, yeah. obviously. Because that's where you're going to actually 
You know, it's like touching the bottom of a Blu-ray. You don't want to do that. But you'll clean the heads like that. Sometimes that'll work. Also, you got to clean, you know, the recording, the sound head, all that shit. Like, all that stuff. Anywhere where the tape passes, hit it with the alcohol. Yep. Oh. If you can find it right now. Then, yeah, if luck. that doesn't work, <laughs> you know, just like you were demolding a tape, run it through and clean the tape with alcohol. And sometimes there's just some sort of, you know, oxidation. There's just from being in storage for a while. Even that will 100%. Yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised. It may not be moldy, but it sure can be dirty. And that'll actually help you out too. So, you know, if all else fails after that, try a different VCR. Try to find a tape check machine that could uh, really reset the tension on your tape because that is another thing that can cause your shit to be fucked up. Get good at but, taking your tapes apart and putting them back together. That's like the most important thing. Just get good at Yeah, it's it's not hard. Yeah. Unless you got a security fucking uh, a security screw in there. There's tricks to drill it out with a Dremel. If you're into them, pay me $5 and I'll give you the tricks. <laughs> 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 Nothing's free, Dude, baby. I just drill my I just drill mine out. <laughs> there you go. Do you have a different way? There is yeah, there's a trick to a, it. Yeah. Okay. If you have All like right. a, you if you have, have like a Y that. head, one of those Y head security things that you can't get out, but you have a very tiny Phillips head screwdriver that will fit into the base of it, take a rubber band and stick it on the end of that screwdriver and shove the whole thing into the Y hole, and the rubber band will fit into the rest of it, and you will oh, be able. Oh, it's like plumber's tape. Yeah, you like know? using plumber's a tape, trick of the man. Trade, you know? <laughs> so that's the one knowledge. that I had a. But dude, sometimes you get ones that have no notch on it. It's just basically that, a rivet. That round, yeah, those. Are yeah, fucked, you got to drill that you gotta out. Drill it out. Drill it. Yep. Sacrifice just the case. Drill it. You know, it's driller. <laughs> it's no? driller time. Okay. <laughs> it's driller time. All right. So, Anthony, what have you watched this week? Oh my god, I watched a lot. I picked up. I picked up a couple movies. I got. I told. I told Mike in a text. I even said it last week. I think. Um, was um, the Criterion had um, channel had like a well the site had a bunch of like deals I got Repo Man got this movie called Day Trippers which is really good I also got um, the um, there was this movie called Me Time which is a really old Gary Oldman movie and a movie I saw really a movie I, I'm not sure if you guys tell me if you saw it and I'm probably pronouncing the name wrong but it's like this really fucked up movie from like the 60s called Salo, like, or Salo. Salo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. I, I, I saw it a couple times, like, throughout my life, and they were running a really good sale on it, and it's, like, the special extra. Like, okay, fine, fuck it. This is like, gotta be, like, I'll just add it to the thing, and I f- forgot how fucked up that movie was. It's a weird one, that's for <laughs> it's sure. It's fucking really weird. And then um, <laughs> I watched this movie that everyone recommended for me for a long time called Bicycle Thieves. But Bicycle yeah, I got Thieves? a bunch of, Yeah, and, uh, yeah, a couple other ones. Chris, what about you, man? I know you've been plowing through movies. Yeah, I've been watching a bunch of stuff. I, uh, I after Friday night, I've just been on such like a hardcore uh, Ritter kick. So I, I watched like Killing Spree this weekend. I watched Truth or Dare two and three, uh, which is uh, not like they're like the whole Truth or Dare series is really fucking good. But I really like Wicked Games. Um, I watched a uh, another cool one I just got called Harvesters, which was a uh, it's a Doler film, but it's not directed by him. It was written by him and produced by him uh, called Harvesters. That thing is nuts. It's a really good, gory, uh, late 90s, 2000 movie that was 
insanely low budget, <laughs> and the dialogue was all <laughs> over the place. It was there was junkies and lesbians and everything that you would want in a really shitty movie. So I recommend Harvesters for sure. I watched a bunch of shit too. I watched Heartstopper. Right? I'm so jealous of that that you got that it's a great movie. <laughs> John A. Russo film. Uh, Tom Savini still jacked even back then. You see him shirtless <laughs> lifting weights. Pretty awesome. You were psyched. Uh, I watched. Yeah, yeah, I'm psyched on that. I watched uh, Burglar from Hell. That one, I dude, I fell in love, man. Anthony, me and you are gonna watch that together. Which one? Filmed in Queens, Burglar from Hell. Filmed in Queens. Everybody in this movie, dude, is like the people me and you grew up with. Oh, my God. Every single person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Guy's wearing, like, a cool cigarette shirt. <laughs> he's, he's got, like, dude, he's got, like, the Sting, like, early 90s haircut. He's the got, like, the sunglasses. Yeah, he's got the sunglasses with the band on the back. Like, you know. Oh, my God, dude. It's awesome. Not to be confused uh, with uh, our up-and-coming movie, The uh, Hamburglar from Hell. <laughs> yes, The Hamburglar from Hell. <laughs> Uh, I also watched In the Woods, I believe that was the name. Yeah, Into that Dead Woods. Alive release. Dead Alive, yeah. I also I also watched Hollywood Mortuary, which I enjoyed. Pretty good. Did you like budget it? horror comedy? Yeah, dude. I I thought it was really good. It's funny. I really enjoyed that one. I watched uh, Demon Soul. I watched some of the fine art. I made like a, I watched like half of it, but then I had to go. So. Uh, and by how to go, I mean I had to stop watching movies and do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and um, I have an honorable mention for a view of something I watched. I saw for the first time ever the um, the remastered old. I'm not sure if you guys know the deleted scene from Escape from New York, the old intro. Have you ever seen Escape? Yes. They yeah, put out the remastered the 4K version of it on YouTube, and it's oh, like cool. literally oh, like, sick. why did not they not open this movie with this fucking scene? If you ever That's seen awesome. the bank robbery scene before, it's yes. the cool, one of the coolest yep. action scenes I've ever seen. I've never seen it. It's like an alternative opening for the movie. It was yeah, open, yeah. and I guess it was just like people like, I guess it really, I think John Carpenter said something like, I think it made you, it was a bank robbery, but I think it like kind of painted Snake as a villain even though not a vigilante and then you kind of see is it like not a vigilante but you kind of just see him not as a villain throughout the movie it's but man it's a fucking i've yeah. never i've only seen bits and pieces but somebody edited the whole thing together and recolored it and it's like and <laughs> they edited in the intro of the movie with the undertone score and the fade of the black and then put the um the biography of the city after it and then yeah, i'm going to check that started. out right after this podcast yeah, that's really good cool. The thing that I like about the intro as it is, you don't get a, a feel for Snake before you see him. So when you first meet him, you think he's just like a hard asshole, like, yeah. you know, doesn't take shit. But that beginning thing, you see, like, he isn't like that. Yeah, he's right? got a he heart. Doesn't, That's why it's interesting yeah. to me. I mean, because I, it, it would be a, almost a different, not a totally different movie, but you would go into it much differently having that in mind compared to how they start it now. Yeah. With, uh, you I know, agree. Not having him being shown yeah, and stuff. I That's agree. Cool as, and, as cool as the scene is, I'm not sure I would take it over black like the black screen with the score slowly rising yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure like it, it's just so weird but it, you see the scene and you're like maybe a flashback would work i don't know but the scene it looks in the build out for this like a subway it looks like it's in a subway it's like they build out the la subway system for this movie or where they shot in st louis 
So whatever they did, they must have built a giant like remodeled subway for this whole sequence. Insane. Awesome movie. Is it as good as Assault on Precinct 13? Oh I don't God. know. Ooh. I really enjoy that one, but it's crazy too. Yeah. He wrote the really good head to head like comparison. Oh yeah. Those two I things agree. going at it. Yeah. You got what were you gonna say, Anthony? No, I know I'm just saying he wrote it at the same time. Were they? Oh really? He wrote it and he just was like he I think it was something like he said something like he couldn't pitch this movie unless he had a good movie under his belt, like Escape from New York. Like, oh, think about, yeah. You could hear him like out to dinner with like a producers and be like, well, I got this movie about Manhattan Island, and it's like you, it's like uh, it's everyone's not on it anymore, and the guy flies in on it, a plane, and okay, good, make it. Here's some money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he he had some good titles under his belt at that point oh, yeah. before he made uh, Escape from New York, man. He already had fucking Halloween. Yeah. Right? He had Assault on Precinct 13. Escape from New York, I think, was 81. I think it was the right follow-up to Halloween. The thing. It was followed Halloween. It was like his next movie, I think. His next movie, I think, was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. No, The Fog. Oh, was it The Fog? The okay. Fog was yeah, so 1980. Was between, wasn't it? In 80? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, The Fog was 1980. Big yeah. Trouble in Little China was awesome, but that was later on. Yeah. Okay, so, Anthony, where could they find you on the internet? I'm Apicini on Instagram, and yeah, videos, photos, whatever you need, tri When we're back out, I'll, I'll help you. Yeah, yeah, when we're <laughs> unleashed. <laughs> Grizz, where could they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler, and you don't have to bother me for anything. <laughs> and you can you can find me at Bad Taste Video on Instagram. You can go to our website www.badtastevideo.com where we have links to all the shit that we are doing. We have a Patreon. If you enjoy what we are doing, please don't hesitate to donate because it's getting expensive to run this shit. Uh, join our Twitch army. Is that what I don't know what the fuck it's called? But like or subscribe our uh, yeah our our Twitch account because. Because as you saw on Friday, yeah, as you saw on Friday, we are upping our live viewing game, yes. right? We're going to have more of these directors on, more of these people. It's going to be really good. So please like and subscribe however you do. I honestly have no fucking clue. I'm still pretty new to it. I'm surprised we've actually successfully had these things, right? Yeah, we're working our asses <laughs> off. And uh, yeah, we yeah. have we we're just talking today a little bit about possibly adding some stuff uh, that would be really cool to the Patreon page. So I think right now is the perfect time to uh, to go over there, sign up because you're going to be able to uh, get some content that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else unless you're on there. So yeah, we have more episodes that will not be released on our regular uh, iTunes feed, our regular RSS feed. It's going to be purely Patreon products That's right produced proudly content por favor <laughs> so <laughs> uh also wherever you're listening to us please rate us five stars on itunes soundcloud spotify Podbean, I think we're on that Podbean, Podbean, uh, whatever, it is. That's right. yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, we're on all this shit. We're on everything. Also, listen to our friends. Like I say every week, Laser Graves, Fright Vision, Say You Love Satan, uh, Neon Brainiacs, Super Tat Film Club, Witchfinger, uh, fucking, oh my god, I always feel like I miss people. That's the list you always give every All right, good. Solid. Solid. Good. 
Solid. Okay. So, we will see you next week. I feel like this post-movie talk was so long that I even forgot what the fuck we were doing. It's Crystal Force. Uh, yeah, we will see you next week with Crystal Force.